0: Welcome to Tech Marketer Live, helping you create and capture demand in the enterprise technology market. Now, here's your host, Jordi Carswell.
1: All right, welcome everybody. We're excited to talk today about cold email outreach. We know how important sales outreach is to powering the business in the uh, enterprise B2B world. And we have the man with us today when it comes to uh, email outreach and what's working, what's not. And we're excited to have him here. So we're, welcome, uh, Eric Boggs from RevBoss.com. So welcome, Eric. Thank you. Uh,
0: love being introduced as the man that can have multiple connotations, but I'm going to take the good one.
1: Thank you. <laughs> you got it. You got it. So Eric, you eat, sleep, breathe, email outreach, and sales outreach. And a big part of what marketers are doing right now is having to, in some cases, follow up on their own leads. In some cases, use uh, email outreach to drive event attendance, uh, to build initiative or to uh, forward initiatives that that are happening inside their organization. So we're excited to talk to you today. So let's jump right into it and get your thoughts on things. Uh, first off, what are some of the, the best practices uh, when it comes to to sales outreach, what's working, what's not out there in the market right now in 2023?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think you said it well that I eat, sleep, and breathe and dream this stuff. Um, I've been running Rev Boss for a long time, I have a team of people that are just as uh, I, actually, I would say more knowledgeable at this point than me um, about certainly the, like, the blocking and tackling when it comes to this stuff. And uh You know, one of the things that's so fun about the work that I do and the work that we do is that it just works and it just works in weird and unexpected ways at times. And so, you know, our clients are ranging from, you know, five or six person tech startups to very large publicly traded enterprises. And the strategy varies, the story varies, but really at the most basic, you know, atomic level, it is. Send a good story to the right person and land in their inbox. That's it. That's literally it. And if you do those three, those three things, it'll work. And um, send a good story a lot harder than it sounds like to the right person. Also a lot harder than it (laughs) sounds. And landing in the (laughs) inbox is, you know, that's like the, the, the dark arts, right? It's like, I, I can't always tell you why your open rate is what it is, but I know the like weird invisible forces that. Move it up and down, and yeah, that's it and so the best practices all kind of fall in those categories one way or the other and it varies just depending on uh, you know your category your industry, the size of your business, your goals are you whale hunting are you rabbit hunting are you you know brand building are do you are you desperate to hit your number in the next sixty days it's all you know it can be all over the place
1: that's great actually that's a an, a great framework for thinking about you know the strategies that you use. So that first one that you mentioned telling you a good story. What do you mean by telling a story? Aren't we just asking for meetings? Yeah. Oh, you set that up really nicely. Uh,
0: of course, yes. Um, we, we we have a full ti- we have a a team of full t- four full-time copywriters. And um their backgrounds range from kind of straight up corporate um Oxford University Press corporate sort of copy to the woman that ran the Twitter and Instagram handles for Rick and Morty. Uh, and cool, you know, when you think about storytelling, that's like that's the breadth of it. And um, you know, the there's like the sales adage that people buy from people. And so, you know, we advocate to our clients and I would advocate to anyone that if you're talking about your product, you're losing. If you're talking about, you know, the problem that you solve, that's a lot better. If you are weaving that problem in a personal narrative that can be your personal narrative or that can relate to the other person's personal narrative, then, yeah, that's how you win. And so story can be it can range from I started this business because or in my old role as a blank, um, I learned that you probably have this problem or. When I was in a job just like yours, the thing I struggled with the most was this. And that's what people want to hear um,
1: stories. Interesting. So it's a little different than here's what we do. Do you want it? You're, you're starting Yeah. From a I different mean, perspective. And I'm
0: sure if you were to, to survey all of the. Thousands upon thousands of emails that we have sending from our platform today. I'm sure there are some very short, very terse, not not terse is not the right word, very direct, like, hey, Jordy, have you ever thought about this problem in this way? We do this. Let's talk. Like, sure. There there is a lot of that. But one of the things that's kind of surprised me is that um, sometimes like the longer narrative can win. And, uh, that's when you get the replies that are like, I get so many emails like this, but this was the best one, or I never reply to emails like this one, but you're stood out because, uh, and you know, that investment is worth it for a couple of reasons. One, um, you get leads and you get good leads. You get people that buy the story, uh, two, you get replies. You don't get spam button clicks replies. Inbox engagement is what keeps your open rate healthy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you want to optimize for replies with your copy. Um, yeah, I think I said there are several reasons, but really those are just the two.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's excellent. So, so, I mean, that's a huge piece of it, right? Telling a story, weaving a narrative, right? For, but doing that from a personal perspective on the behalf of the person that's in reaching out and then doing it at scale is you know, another thing. Right. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's the, about-
0: that's Sorry, the God. hard part,
1: right. Is doing
0: it at, um, you know, for us doing it for, you know, a couple hundred clients for your BDR team, doing it across a team of 10 or 20 or a hundred or even just two. Uh, and so like having a framework is really helpful. Having like a core strategy flash set of beliefs in terms of like how you want to do it is helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then you've just got to have like technology and that technology can be Google sheets. It can be chat GPT. It can be, I'm sure there's like some LinkedIn hackery out there to help you like pull out personal information that you can use to generate messaging. We built a whole personalization engine into our uh, application that does a lot of that, but finding a way to make you feel like the only recipient of this email, and also, you know, 500 other people <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to feel like the only recipient of this email. It's hard, uh, yeah. but it's also like the noble pursuit of
1: you know the outbound marketer. Yeah, for sure, because we've all seen examples of where it goes wrong. Yeah. Right? Oh, I mean, geez. Yeah. Back like, backfires and doesn't work. But a big part of that is the quality of the data that you're you know, pulling from the Google sheet that it's pulling company names from or job yeah. titles from yeah. or whatever it might
0: yeah. Be. yeah, and it can be like tiny little subtle things too. Like, I mean, we all know what bad looks like and bad can take many forms. Uh, and, you know, the obvious bad is like broken personalization, but not just broken personalization, but like, you know, if I were going to contact Jordy at Actual Tech Media, I might shorten that to Actual Tech. Or, you know, I, I, I certainly want it to be, you know, actual tech media, a Globocom brand Inc. Right. And like even something yep. as subtle as that, uh, you know, it's kind of throws off the recipient as like, Oh yeah, this, this is, yep. this is not for me.
1: Eric did not say this to me. Too. Like software generated yep. this. Yeah, no, you can definitely see those examples. High first name, which is the marketer's worst nightmare. We've all done it somebody too, by get, the way. Somebody gets back to this. It's uh, just so you know, and then you die inside a little bit. <laughs> I remember the first so,
0: time I misspelled a word in a subject line. I was probably like twenty four or twenty-five. And, you know, the CEO of the company pointed out to me and I mean he had to point it out. And I was just like, you know, just like died a thousand deaths, I like wanted to crawl inside of myself and vanish. It was just
1: an awful feeling. <laughs> but then you'd be like, Well, but you noticed it, didn't you? You opened so yeah, it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, you, you, you say you make that mistake once and then you like, ch- you know, check your emails a million times going forward. But in reality, it's like you still make that stupid mistake. It's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, it happens. So that's the first thing. So weaving a good story, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself. Um, how about the people part? So getting to the right people, like what are some of the nuances? Yeah, of
0: that? yeah. Um, I mean, this like this is like that and the story have to go together. Right. Um, and let's say we're selling, you know, to e commerce brands. Uh, hey, we're XYZ Co. We sell to e commerce brands. You know, here's the history behind our business. Here's a, here's a really cool client story. Fine. You can, you can do that. You'll get leads out of it. Um, Hmm. when it comes down to finding the right people, I think it's, it's one being thoughtful about job title segmentation and not just like, oh, I'm looking for directors of marketing. Okay, fine. Well, do you want, do you want growth? Do you want vice presidents? Do you want, you know, there's like director of marketing, but then there's like these little, like smaller planets in that constellation and, Mm uh, smaller stars in that constellation, I guess, (laughs) where, (laughs) um, those actually might be the, the juicier targets. Because it's like a more specialized title with a more specialized set of problems that you might resonate with. So that's one piece of it. Uh, The other, and this is something that we try to do a lot of with our clients, is think about the person that you're targeting, but also think about the absence of titles. So uh, an e-commerce brand that has a director of marketing but doesn't have a director of e-commerce is gonna have a unique set of challenges. Or an e-commerce brand that has a director of e-commerce but doesn't have a CTO, they're gonna have a unique set of challenges. Or a software company that has a CTO but doesn't have a product manager, or um, you know, a VP of sales with a big team versus a VP of sales with a small team, and so it's not just about the right person, but it's about the context that that that, that title you know is, is operating in inside of that organization, and so segments inside of segments, uh, I think, is one approach, and and the other is <clears throat> you know, I wouldn't send the same email to a thousand directors of marketing and an e-commerce company, I would cut that by footwear brands, sporting good brands, yep. you know, luxury goods and jewelry brands. And, you know, I would, you know, either manually or in some automated fashion, like merge in my footwear proof points in the footwear segment, merge in my, you know, jewelry points yep. in the jewelry, um, you know, email. So like vary your reference customers, vary your social proof, all of those things.
1: You know, tie back to story, but it is about just being thoughtful and sophisticated in your targeting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like in our case, we're trying to get in touch with cybersecurity marketers, right? So underneath that umbrella of cybersecurity marketers, you know, there's folks who are in identity and access management. There's folks who do endpoint security. There's folks who do threat detection. So the the competitors that we're working with, of theirs that we maybe reference, or uh, the case studies that we use, you know, the more dialed in those can be, the better. And so it's probably obviously, I mean, this is a ton of work though, in a lot of cases, right? To get this, these segments upon segments uh, nailed down. How do you approach that? Like, do do you start with like top three and then sort of work down or start with one? What do you recommend?
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the hacks that, well, I like the word hack. One of the, one of the tricks or shortcuts that we often advocate with our clients is download your customer list. It might be. You know, twenty. It might be two hundred. It might be two thousand. Download them. Get the job titles of the people that bought. Get the job titles of the decision makers. Mm-hmm. Group them. Cut them. Understand them. And that is probably your first, uh, your your first step at one, uncovering non-obvious job titles, um, mm-hmm. and um, two, probably prioritizing where like where your hunting might be. And you know, if you if you're if you're a marketer and you're partnering with your sales team on this, you could probably look at that and like highlight some deals and be like, oh yeah, that one closed fast. Or, yep. or oh that, that one was actually a really good one because blah, or like, oh God, what well, we fought tooth and nail on that one because we came in through the sales org instead of through the marketing org or through the product team or whatever. And so yep. there you you have like these little you know hints and tea leaves inside of your CRM you seem to do a little bit of work to extract them and kind of untangle them and and kind of slosh the tea around a little bit before you, before you can kind of start to make some decisions. Um, So that, that's a big piece of it. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of software out there that does it for you. Um, You know, I hate to be the podcast guy that sells his own business, but like, that's what we do. Like our product does that. I know there are other tools that make it easy to do lookalike audiences and Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of identify these segments. So, you know, I would do it the manual way first. Like, I'm kind of old school in that regard. It's like, do it yourself, do it the hard way. And then once you think you have some direction, look at, you know,
1: try to find some tools. To, to yeah, I like that. Faster. I like that as a place to start. It's like, where are we winning? Let's go win some more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it right. it, it, yeah. it literally can be that simple. Yeah, no, that's a great place to start rather than just where you think you might want to start. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Um, so that's the, the second piece. Then we talked to, or about the third piece, which is the inbox placement, like actually getting there, which is not as simple as it seems. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the third leg of the stool and it de- it's highly dependent on the first two. Right. If you send the right story and you send it to the right person, you're not going to get like, you know, expletives. In the reply back to you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're going to get like you know n- you know not interested, not a fit. You know if you do it well, you're going to get like, hey, great email, I'm not the right guy, or great email, yep. you know, talk to me in six months, which like that's gold because you want to get yes. If you can't get yes, you just want to get a reply. Um, yep. And so the number one driver of open rate is right story, right person. Uh, and then there's like a lot of I don't know. I, I don't want to say like technical things because they're not all that technical. But um, you know, C name redirects on um, you know open open URLs or unsubscribe URLs or click URLs. Um, you know, a distributed farm is not the right word, but you know, if if you're a RevBoss client, we'll we'll crank up you know six to ten domains. And mm-hmm. we'll activate on half of those
1: and the other half will kind of sit in reserve and we kind of crop rotate in an automated Yeah, I mean, you don't want to, you know, damage your primary brand, yeah. your uh, domain name doing this from, you know, from yeah, that. Yeah, so- and
0: it's, and it's um, you can automate that. Um, and if you do the first two things well and you stay on top of it, because it's like, um, it's like that. I think it was a Hemingway quote about you know going bankrupt. It was like, well, it was really slow and then all at once, right? And like that's kind of how domain <laughs> reputation works. It's like, oh wow, my open rate, huh? Kind of trending down. uh, trending down again. And it's trashed. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind yeah. of the that's kind of how it happens. And so if you've got um uh enough pipe, some of which is active and some of which is in reserve, once you see that like second, like second week of downtick. Pop it out. Just let it cool yep. off. Pop in another one. And um, yeah, that's how you keep open rates in like the, you know, mid 40s to mid 50s. And, um, you know, we have plenty of clients that are a lot higher and we have other clients that are a little bit lower. And that's the other thing too, like big co, it's harder to land in the inbox. Big title, big company means busy person, busy inbox, a lot more security and scrutiny. So you're going to get a lower open rate mm-hmm. if you're emailing Fortune 500 CMOs. You're going to get a lot higher open rate if you're emailing. You know, twenty-person, you know, marketing agencies.
1: Uh, so that's part. Of and it. now I sure, and and now I start to understand why people just outsource this, so they don't have the companies like <laughs> Red Boss to handle all the stuff, so they're not. Yeah, doing it's Yeah, it it's a lot, man. So it's a lot. A little and, intensive.
0: Um, you know, uh, we've been doing this for a long time, and every time we think we know a lot about something, we realize that we actually don't. We don't know that much. Yeah. Like we know we know enough Continuing. to be more than dangerous. But there, you know, there's just sort of things that we kind of like, you know, we pull on a thread and like, oh, wow, we should we should engineer that because that would be really cool. And it would do this thing that solves this problem that that we didn't really, really realize yeah. that we had for a while.
1: Yeah, for sure. So right story, right people, right. And getting into the inbox. Yeah, yeah those are the, the keys to the best practices. That's awesome. Um, so standing out above the noise, if you are relevant, is it fair to say that if you're relevant, you will stand out? More than any other particular wording?
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: it's tricky,
0: right? Like, Google is not our client, right? And when someone from Google emails you, it's like, oh, wow, I know that brand. And, you know, for the most part, I have a, I would imagine people have a general affinity for that brand. And so, you know, the people that are cranking out prospecting emails or whatever for Google, piece of cake, man. Like, how hard can that be? Like, Hi, I'm Eric. I'm with Google. Okay, yeah, I'm interested. I already pay you tens of thousands of dollars a month across a variety of products um, versus, you know, Eric's SaaS startup. You know, no one has heard of me or what we do and nobody cares. So um, being relevant is a part of it, but brand is a part of it too. Most of our clients are not brands that people have heard of. We have a, certainly a number of clients whose brands you, know, you have heard of. The people watching this and listening to this have heard of uh, some that are like very well known in their niche, and so we do lean on that in those cases. Um, but really, you know, just cutting straight to the point. I'm Eric, and here's my story. Mm-hmm. I'm contacting you because, and you know, in internally we refer to those things as connectors. It's like mm-hmm. kind of the reason. And it's like, look, the more connectors you can build, the better, you know, two at a minimum, three, four, five, if you can get there. Uh, and mm-hmm. that that's how you, you know, the, the, op, the open rate is like a function of all these other things that we have described in a decent subject line. And that's a tiny piece of it. We don't care that much. I wouldn't care that much about open rate. Uh, mm-hmm. Open rate is going to be what it will be if you do kind of these basic things. I would invest all of my time on. Um, the, the message itself and putting as much like relevance as you can in the subject line and in the first line of the email. That's, awesome. that's how we try to stand out.
1: That's awesome. And I, I think you spoke to this, but it does make sense. You've got companies at different stages, right? So there's startups with funding, you know, there's startups without funding <laughs> there's, you know, established large organizations. Um, you know they've got different compliance needs and things like that that have to be weaved in. Um, let's talk a little bit about. Let's say that you're a startup, you've got some funding or you've got some traction or momentum behind you. How can uh, sales outreach or cold outreach email help your go-to-market as a, as a smaller startup? Yeah, so that
0: that is an area where I personally have a lot of experience, like. Building companies and um, consulting, like consulting with early stage tech companies is the thing that kind of got me into the thing that eventually became Rev Boss. So, um, and it's also it's like really fun. It's really fun helping a business go from zero to 10 clients, right? Like, or, or zero to one. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a weird personal side, but I can literally, literally remember and I can tell you their names, the first people that bought <laughs> from me at every like early stage business I've either started or worked with. And it's like a weird personal thing. And, and it's really fun. And, um, my experience in, in, my, uh, recommendation for an early stage tech company is, um, owning, owning a couple facts that are kind of might be kind of tough to hear. One is that nobody cares about you. Nobody cares about their, your product. Uh, And ultimately you have to sell you. And so if you are early, early stage, like looking for your first or your fifth or your 10th customer, you probably don't have enough software to actually be that interesting. Uh, And you probably don't have any clients that anybody cares about. Uh, And so you just have to lean heavily on, Hey Jordy, I'm Eric. Before starting this, I did these interesting things that give me a lot of credibility. I'd love to get your take on this. Like, you know, I I took a look at your company, you know, I I would love to get your take because, and Mm. you don't sell a product, you sell a problem, you sell vanity, (laughs) right? It's like, (laughs) I would love to get your feedback. And Mm -hmm. um, that just opens doors in, you know, for early stage companies. um, It's not like how many leads did I get? It's how many conversations did I have? Because you probably don't have anything to sell yet. Uh, You need to figure out what you have and who your buyer is. And so, you know, do 50 of those, which is hard to hear because like, I don't have any money and, or I'm burning cash or like I'm under the gun. It's like, yeah, I know. But like the worst thing is like selling the wrong, selling the wrong product to the wrong person. Like that's just like totally counterproductive. And so get sharp on who you are and who you want to sell to. That's sort of like step one, step two is like, okay, you got something to sell. You got a little bit of a story you, the founder, has to sell it. You can't, you can't hire some smart kids from the local university. You can't go hire some hotshot VP of sales and expect them to solve the problem. You literally, you have to do it as the founder of the business because you know it better than anyone. You care about it more than anyone. You can talk about it. Even if you're selling into a big company, those people want to talk to the CEO of the business. Uh, and... So many times we'll talk to a founders like, oh, yeah, this is great. Well, I'm recruiting a VP of sales. Like, don't, don't. It's not going to work. Yeah. It's just not. It's too soon. You have to do it. Right. Uh, and yeah. so then it's like, OK, I'm the founder selling the founder. Now I'm the founder selling the product. Do that enough where you have learned it to teach other people. Then go hire two people and teach two people. And It yeah. has to be two people. And the reason it has to be two people is that if you hire one and it works, you don't know why it worked. And if you hire one, it doesn't work. You don't know why it doesn't didn't work. (laughs) But if you hire two, it might work for both or it might work for one or the other. And then you kind of take, you know, is, you know, is Jordy really good? Uh, You like you take that variable out, right? the, The person becomes less of a of an influence in the equation. And so, you know, for every early stage company that we've ever worked with, that is like the prescription that we give and, you know, try try to do our best to get, our clients to kind of follow through on that. And that's, that's just, that's not just riff boss. That's just life advice for any yeah. early stage founders. Like that's just how you do it.
1: Yep. I like it. And then, so when a company then is leveled up to the point where they've got a BDR team or an SDR team, uh, they've got a sales team. How can uh, cold outreach partners and so forth help augment the efforts of those BDRs because the BDRs are doing outreach, but oftentimes they're just handling inbound. Yeah. So how, how can that work?
0: Yeah. um, I mean, augment is the word, right? Um, Often use the analogy of like an extra engine on the plane, right? Like just bolt two engines on uh, the both wings of the 747. and, And that's kind of what we can provide. Uh, and, you know, we have BDRs on our team uh, and, you know, that's a hard job to do. It's a hard job to recruit for. It's a hard job to retain. It's, you know, for a lot of reasons, right? Like BDRs that are amazing don't want to do that job forever. Some BDRs that you interview l- seem like they're going to be amazing and they're not amazing because they're tend to skew young and they don't know what they wanna do. And so it's a hard job. And so a lot of times the value that a partner can provide is you don't have to recruit them. You don't have to train them. You don't have to manage them. You don't have to like, you know, it's just like, boom, problem solved, right? Uh, And so I think that that's key is that you can just kind of spin it up and it can go. Um, In my experience, the complicating factor with bigger organizations is integration. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, I've got a team of 10 people already doing this or a hundred people already doing this. How in the world am I gonna like weave in a third-party email prospecting provider or a cold caller or really anything? And that it it, it kind of just becomes like an integration challenge. And so if you have good process and you have a good idea of like segments and swim lanes. Um, then you can make it happen. If you don't have a good process, you don't have like good tech, then like, it's going to be, it's going to be messy.
1: Um, yeah. And but it is overcomable. You can. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. So one example that comes to mind, well, two examples come to mind, like, you know, larger software companies that I know that we work with that I like, I I'm like, either know the founder or like kind of involved with one of them um, out. The only thing that we do for them, and this is, this is something that kind of gets back to the right, right person part of the framework is um, uh, this company. And we do this internally too. This company uses Clearbit or lead feeder, whatever it's called. Now I think it's called deal front, any number of tools that can like unmask an IP and tell you that like, Oh, this IP hit your website. It's probably, you know, Acme, Acme Co, right? Um, And, you know, a lot of marketing automation tools will do this. We'll like batch up those domains, flip them to us. The the reason it works well for this one company and generally for us too, is that it's a pretty specific job title that you're looking for. And, you know, you just happen to email probably the right person that was on your domain this week, Mm -hmm. yesterday, last week. And it works. (laughs) And so like one way that one way that a partner can plug in that we've plugged in is like, it's not like a segment or a geographic swim lane. It's like a like a process or a motion swim lane where it's like "Ah, this thing that we want to do. We're not going to staff it with a person. We're going to staff it with a with a with a provider. Uh, Event outreach is another one where it's like, yeah, you can staff a person to like grind through all of that. Uh, But that's also like a very like nicely packaged, well-defined channel that uh, you could just like bring, bring in a team that can just like make hay. Uh, And and so that's another way to, to, to do it. And um, the, the other, the other client that I'm thinking of, uh, it's like every marketing team, it's like, we're stretched too thin. I've got like 10 things that I want to do. I've got enough people and budget to do six things. And um, they're all long plays. It's brand, it's whale hunting, it's things that are going to, it's uh, or it's SEO, right? It's things that like will probably work, but aren't going to work in the next 30 days. And I like that uh, RefBoss is emailing exactly the right person, exactly the right message. And a lot of those people reply and turn into leads. Uh, and it's kind of like the, the uh, portfolio approach with your investments is like I, I want a mix of long-term investments and like transactional short-term short-term bets, uh, and yeah. um, that's like another another way that I've seen us plug in and do well. And not just us, like any you know anyone that kind of does yeah. the things that we can do can kind of solve the problem in that way.
1: I think that's so. There's a couple takeaways there. One of them is that when you're looking at augmentation of your BDR team, give focus it around. Uh, a segment or a process or an approach. So you know you get your intent data signals from you know whatever platform it is that indicates these mark you know these clients are in market uh, or they you know like you said uncovered website visits or whatever it might be and then have a flow built around that and that can as opposed to just sort of saying you take this persona we'll take this persona
0: yeah yeah that that just gets like so many collisions happen that are unexpected. <laughs> In in that regard, and so when you've got like a clearly defined channel or process, it's a lot cleaner.
1: Yeah, love it. All right, so PR campaigns. So we've got clients who, you know, for instance, uh, on our end, right, they're running a launch plan. You know, this is a big one, right? Launches, uh, new versions, new features, new products, whatever it might be. Have have you seen cold outreach or or sales outreach uh, messaging? tie into PR efforts?
0: Well, it certainly changes the story, right? Um, You know, launched a new feature that, you know, adds a whole new uh, dynamic to the problem that we address or that reframes how we solve the problem. Um, Yeah, yeah. If if that's the new story, you need to tell it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think I can't think of a good example off the top of my head. And I think the reason why is that if you brought that to our team, they would say, that's amazing. Nobody cares, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like journalists care. Journalists want a story. Of course you want to be on, you want to be on podcasts. Like you want to be, you want this story out there, but Mm -hmm. Jordy's out here hacking through the jungle, trying to solve his next problem. And your email that says introducing the new, you know, marketer 5,000. So yeah, don't care. Don't care. That's about you. Uh, Talk to me about my problem. So to to the extent that you can take the PR, like the sort of the underlying truth of the PR and like frame that into the story. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. But um, would caution against like cold email prospecting as like a campaign, like Mm -hmm. PR campaign, you know, uh, tentacle. Just because it's gonna it's gonna land with a thud uh unless it's good to know, unless it's like a story framed in your terms as the recipient
1: so I guess one other way too, maybe that it could help is oh, we were thinking about this earlier was if you've got a new version or launch or product that addresses a new pain, yes, you can go now after. Folks who have that pain, that may be a different persona, that precisely. May be a different, yeah, uh, technographic layer somewhere in the stack that you now address that opens up your prospect uh, potential. Yeah, precisely. So like, maybe that's a better way to think. Yeah, it. you
0: built a cool new thing. Awesome. It changes your story. The story probably right. changes. If the story's different, the audience might be different. Uh, so yeah, like that. That's exactly how I would frame it, as opposed to like. Um, oh, all right. Well, we got our PR campaign. Now let's, re you know, repackage this. And instead of sending it through the press release and mm-hmm. journalist channel, now let's send it through our prospect channel. It's like that, that mm-hmm. won't, it won't work. Um, but yeah. exactly what you described, it'll work.
1: Yeah. Okay, good. Well, we got something we can take away there and maybe think about how launches open up new prospects and new opportunities in the stack. So excellent. Um, What about field marketing? You know, we've got a a lot of folks uh, who are listening who are in the field marketing team. They're responsible for events in certain geographies, for instance, or initiatives that they're running just inside certain geographies. Seems like it might be a fit for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mentioned the concept of connectors earlier. I'm contacting you because geography Mm. and events are like just choice connectors. Uh, right. And it's like, Hey, I'm going to this event. I would love to meet you. Hey, I hate we didn't get connect, get to connect at this event. Simple stuff. It works if you do it well. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a client who used events in like a really, really clever, um, uh, kind of inverted approach. His whole thing was like, I want the exhibitors not the attendees. And I want the exhibitors because if you are exhibiting at a trade show that broadly fits my dynamic, then you've proven to me that you care about marketing because trade shows are expensive and hard to yeah. do. Uh, and two, based on the size of your booth or like the prominence of your location, I can make some inferences about your budget and how much you care about marketing. And so even this is slightly tangential to what you describe it, like using events as like a qualifier, I mean, I've been like selling and working in B2B for a long time. And when this guy told me that, I was like, God dang it. That's so freaking smart. (laughs) Yeah. And so obvious. And so like, that's another, another way that we've seen events be useful as like, just like a really clever qualifier. Um, But, you know, geography is another good one. And, um, you know, this is um, a great connector, not as like, um, oh, you know, you're in Durham, go blue devils. One, if someone sent me something that said you're in Durham, go blue devils, like I'm a Carolina guy. I just happen to live close to Duke University. That's like a that's like an easy like spam button. Um mm. but we look at it again through the lens of like why I'm contacting you. So like, um, hey Eric, you're in Durham. I went to Duke. Uh hey, Eric, you're in Durham. Uh uh, went to a Durham Bulls game with my kids for, you know, whatever, like something that like highlights your connectivity to me and my geography. And so when you think about field marketing, like if I've got a set of ter- territories, I might live in that place. I might actually have like some deep, you know, roots or connectivity there so that it's not just like, oh, you're in Kansas City, go Royals. It's like, well, no, like I raised my kids here. Um, you know, I got my kids play soccer at the whatever, you know, city park, uh, and like that kind of stuff stands out. It's a story.
1: Mm-hmm. right? And it seems to me too, like when it comes to those geographies if field marketers are running, uh, events in a particular city. So we're coming, you know, we've got a roadshow, we're coming to these geographies or these cities in the next, whatever. And you want to, you know, you don't want to come to the hotel conference room and nobody's there. It seems like the outreach would be a great way to get bums and seats yeah. and line people up in advance for stuff. like Yeah. That.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We did a lot of that pre COVID, uh, much like in none of that, like <laughs> zero of that during COVID, uh, much less of that than we used to. But I, I like certainly know it exists and, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it fits the framework, right? Like right person, right story. And what geography gives you what, like a field marketing event or like a, like a local field sales teams gives you, it's like, okay, great. Very tight bullseye and Mm -hmm. a very tight, you know, geographic qualifier. It reframes your story and it like, it creates a constraint that can be really powerful.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. And I I think too, like there's a lot of uh, marketers out there that whose companies are mature, they're running their own user conferences now, they've Mm -hmm. got their own shows. uh, And a big part of what marketers are tasked with uh, is, you know, whether it's online only, virtual or hybrid or in-person, getting attendees for their, you know, branded in-house events. Um, Have you seen Outreach help with that?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, those, those things are like giant, like, you know, you're, you're, you run the 2022 event and you take a break for a week. And then like, you're starting to ramp up the 2023, 2023 event. Those are like big productions, big efforts. And so those things are like broad multi-channel, you know, you gotta, you gotta sell tickets, you gotta get sponsors, you gotta get the whole deal. And, um, the thing that prospecting the way we do it and the way we're talking about it can give you is, one, it gets you fishing outside of your kind of like house pond, right? Like clearly like most of your attendees are going to be your current customers, which is that's right. what you want. Well, you also want your, you also want new customers. Uh, and so outbound is a great way to go out and do that in a way that isn't like, here's our slick, you know. You know, marketing email that's got the picture of the keynote speaker and, you know, a YouTube video of the rock band that, you know, MC Hammer or whoever's playing the event. It's much more like, you know, hey, Jordy, I'm Eric. Um, We haven't met, but, you know, wanted to personally invite you to this thing because da 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 da. And you can do that at the like one to one, like, you know, if you're a big enough target, I'm telling my team, like, get, like, I'm going to go get that guy. Right. But, you know, then there's sort of the medium and smaller fish where you can. Automate it. Right. Like you can, you can, you can, it's all about right person, right story. And so mm-hmm. it's like the story's like, Hey, come to our party. It's going to be great.
1: Like your yeah. colleagues and your competitors and your friends are going to be there. You should totally come. So do you see for those type of approaches, you know, there's travel involved and all this kind of thing for people to come to these events the personal outreach model work better in some cases than sending out an HTML email flyer? (laughs) I mean, I
0: am extraordinarily biased, you know, in in regards to that (laughs) question. (laughs) I mean, we do, we do a marketing email, but every marketing email that we send has like a tome at the top of it written by me or someone from our team that is like deeply personal. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, generally, Usually tangentially related to, um, you know, our business, but like, you know, I've written email intros that are about my daughter's swim team or my son's, you know, the fact that I didn't hit puberty till really late (laughs) and like, you know, it's like, it's weird, man. And, you know, that's what people want. That's what people want to hear. And so, like, yeah, you know. Will I respond to like, hey, come to our, you know, we use Intercom. I don't know if Intercom has a customer event or whatever. And we're not a big customer mm-hmm. for Intercom. Will I respond to like a boring, like marketing ad, come to our thing, here our person. No. what I respond to like our rep emailing me? Yeah, probably. I, I'm much more likely to respond mm-hmm. to that than, you know, something that feels impersonal and, and clinical. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, you know that that if if there's one thing i would like advocate as the takeaway um from you know all this blathering for me is that um don't be afraid to be more personal in your marketing mm-hmm. like that's that's what like 1 to 1 outbound can give you uh, mm-hmm. and like like what we do like i would qualify what we do as 1 to 1 even though it's like software powered and software personalized and and automated in a lot of respects um yeah, like the more personal you get, like the more, the more you get, you're, you're going to get buy-in you're going to stand out and people are, you can like manufacture, you know, interest and in, in care. Um, and, pay. uh, yeah, I, I think that kind of is probably like a good way to boil it down, particularly as it relates to this event thing. Like you got to sell a lot of, but you know, got to get a lot of butts and a lot of seats. And, you know, clearly you got to fish with a big, big net to do that. But, I would certainly like line fish and try to catch the big ones with a very personalized, very targeted approach.
1: Yeah, I like it. Awesome. So AI. Can I use AI to write my scripts for me? When it comes I don't know. To I've output? like
0: I've never I've never read anything that Alan Iverson wrote. Um so I think <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's amazing.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Uh and I mean, um I mean we use it. Um, at RefBoss. Um I know there are, you know, it's like, you know, a thousand AI flowers blooming in terms of like the sort of hot startup category. Mm-hmm. Which I've I find like personally interesting and funny because it's like literally all of these are just open like interfaces on top of open AI. So it's like, yeah, sure, but this is not gonna end well. Or the Mm -hmm. 300, you know, automated marketing content tools, the only one that's going to survive is (laughs) OpenAI. Right. The rest of them, it's like total race to the bottom. Uh, So personal market commentary aside, uh, it's wonderful uh, and solves a lot of problems in a lot of ways for marketers. It solves a lot of problems for um, email prospectors it does not solve the messaging problem in my experience. Um, generative AI uh, in its current form um, is pretty bad at the sort of marketing, like intro, like, Hey, Jordy, I'm Eric. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to tell you about what we do, like right story. Yeah. I'm a little bit old school. And like the right story has got to be human storytelling, human based. Uh, I might, yeah be on your podcast again in six months, totally out of business because some AI super genius, like wiped us off the face of the earth with like an improved version, which, you know, I certainly like the way chat GPT four is compared to three or 3.5. You know, it is going to keep getting better. One of our investors is a guy named Robbie Allen. Who's like an OG machine learning AI guy. And like, he's all about it. And um, but for where it is now, if your BDrs are just like cracking open ChatGPT and copy pasting that into Apollo or Salesloft or Gmail or whatever, probably not gonna
1: work. Um, but so that that when it, we're thinking of it, generating something from scratch, yeah. But let's say that I already have, you know, some scripts that are are working. You set that up nicely. That's where it's really good. That's a shocker.
0: <laughs> Generative AI. I, I would, you know, it's good in some cases, not outbound email, cold prospecting. Iterative AI, amazing, amazing. Right. Like you've got a set of flows that are working well. Throw it in ChatGPT and say, make this shorter, make this more clever, make this more direct. Uh, reframe this with, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? It might not give you something that's like perfect. That's good to go, but it will like give you something. And it's going to be a lot faster than like, hey, uh, Jordy copywriter guy, can you um, make this You know, whatever? Like that's hard as a copywriter, right? Like people can do it and our team can do it, but you know, ChatGPT can do it like that. And the cost of getting like, if you don't like what you get, you just say, hey, well make it more like this or less like that. And you get another version instantly. So it's really good at iteration. Um, We are integrating it deeply into our workflow as a transactional tool. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you say in your reply, hey, this sounds great, I'm heading out on vacation in a couple weeks, follow up then. Or, you know, we're gonna look at this in Q4. Or you should follow up with um, Susie, she's leading this on our team. Um, Or, hey, how about we meet on Thursday? Um, AI is a really good job. (laughs) of like packaging up those replies. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta be thoughtful with your prompt, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've tested this stuff extensively and that's like the investment that we've made and continue to make with our platform is -hmm. that AI uh, as just like managing that ping pong of like scheduling a meeting or, hey, can you follow up next week? Or can you follow up with whoever, you know, when we get, if I give that to you, my clients it's like, oh, here, I created work for you. Uh, yep. And, you know, same thing like with your BDR team. It's like, well, yeah, a human could definitely do that. But I trust humans. Great. But I trust computers a whole lot more to do to do what they say they're going to do. And so, yeah, there's just like a, an efficiency lift in a precision lift that I think that it can give you that is like totally worth digging into.
1: And that's interesting, too, because that's something that you have to think about when you're engaging in these kinds of campaigns, which is, what are we going to do when it works? When people respond, how are we going to manage that incoming, first of all, the handoff, yeah. right, from an outsource partner uh, or BDR or whatever it is to the folks who are actually going to follow up? Um, what's the best way to handle that? So do you, do, do you rely... You know, sort of for a company like us, will we typically rely on the partner to handle the the back and forth of that? Or is it best to just hand it off as quick as possible and and keep moving forward yeah, so, with the other parts of the engine?
0: So it's um like a spectrum
1: of of leads,
0: right? Mm-hmm. There are the leads that are like booked on your calendar. <laughs> Right? right, And like, we love those. You love those. Everybody loves those. It's like, you know, you merge in your availability in the first email or you automatically merge in your availability in in a bump or in a reply and it just magically appears. It's like, oh, this is so easy. The next notch in is like, um, you know, here's my calendar. And in which case, like you book it or we book it like piece of cake. How about Thursday? Right? Well, in that case, like you look at your calendar or we look at your calendar and and it gets booked. And, And so like it, mm-hmm. it takes a little bit more human uh, input the further down the, the path you go. But where it starts to diverge a little bit is like. Uh, as a BDR or as a like partner like us, it's like I would feel better if Geordie replied to this, not me. Right. <laughs> it's like we got like a we got we got like a tiny crack open in the door with a great prospect. You don't want AI to respond to that. Maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, some of if it's like, hey, follow up with me next week, AI, boom, piece of cake. Mm -hmm. If it's can you tell me more about how the thing and that tie with the other? It's like, well, AI, no. Um, BDR, I mean, maybe if they're good, if you trust them, Mm -hmm. they might totally scuttle it. Uh, you know, outsource partner like Rep Boss, like we would be like, hey client, Here you go. This is going to take a little bit of legwork, but like, this is good. We don't want to screw it up. And so that's where it starts to get, you know, less of like a clear cut, you know, assembly line, and a little bit more of like, you know, let's just be thoughtful and like optimize for the best possible outcome. And in some cases, like the best possible outcome means the client or the senior salesperson needs to jump in and take the wheel to make sure that the, that that tiny little ember of a lead gets like, the care and attention that it needs to like grow into an opportunity.
1: Yeah. And I like I think the takeaway from that is that like you mentioned the thoughtful approach, right? You gotta think ahead about what are we going to do if this works, how are we going to handle these different reply scenarios. And maybe you're only going to come up with those as you go and have to figure it out, but you need to monitor it. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's an excellent Yeah.
0: Thing. Yeah. And I mean the way we're engineering this problem is um it's all machine learning algorithms and artificial intelligence with a human overseer. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, we got a reply from Jordy. I think it's this. Here's what I'm going to say. Will you please confirm? I like it. Right. And then a human is like, oh, yeah, yep, yep. Yep. No, 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 no. Right. So, so I think the the thing of like, you know, the promise of AI and, and all of this technology, it's like super cool. It's like really fun to build these products and like amazing tools to solve problems. And it's going to fundamentally change the way marketers do their work, but there's still going to be work. (laughs) And like a person still has to like make thoughtful decisions because like, you know, and AI is going to do what it thinks is best. And it's a robot, not a person. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I like it. So, I mean, you're thinking ahead about if we we're just sort of summarize our discussion today, we're thinking about uh, the framework for what works, which is the right story for the right people in the right inbox. Did I get that right? Does it.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, if you if you get the first two, the third one usually comes for free. If, right. if you take care of some like basic technical details and basic technical kind of workflow and just like, you know, care and attention, uh, mm-hmm. right story, right person, and you'll get the deliver, the deliverability, the open rate will come along for free.
1: Right. And then another takeaway that I found in talking with Eric is that we need to look for connectors, things that will uh, give us an opportunity to build a connection. With you know whether it's location or something to do with the the pro like what are the the top connectors for me
0: yeah, it, I mean, it can be geography is an easy one um you know, technologies they're using is an easy one. where they went to school is an easy one that I would not use if I were you because it's like so like hackneyed and overused the yep. better ones, the more subtle ones are um um. We work with your competitors. We, mm-hmm. um, I know about your problem because I started this business because I had that problem, or right. I know about your problem because um, I had the same job as you in another context and, and whatever. So a personal connection. Yeah, or um, yeah. you know, I was researching uh, actual tech, saw that you don't have a product manager. I bet that means this for you. I was researching yeah. actual tech, saw that you're a one person marketing team. I bet that means this for you. Uh, that is like, that's the juice. Like that's where you find it. And it's like, and it's, and it's that right person, um, leap. That's like, oh, these people meet my job title and company size and, you know, based in the U S criteria, but it's like, yeah, but what's the context of that person? And so that's the, that's how you find connectors.
1: Awesome. Wow. Well, this has been amazing. And, uh, I've learned so much today. This is fantastic. Eric, thank you. And uh, we want people to be able to connect with you. What's the best way for them to connect with you and RevBoss If they want to work with you on a cold, uh, email outreach program,
0: Revboss.com. you can find, you can find us there. And, um, there is no Reverend boss. Uh, just, just rev boss. <laughs> it's revenue. Yeah. Well, I, we, we needed, I was sitting at this desk many years ago and I was like, I want a six or seven letter domain. And I just made up words until I found a domain that was available. <laughs> oh, I
1: like it. it rocks. It's awesome. And then where can people connect with you personally?
0: Uh, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me there. Um, I'm on Instagram too, but Instagram is just pictures of my kids and very bizarre humor. Um, so right. that's not your thing. Find me on LinkedIn. Plenty of RevBuds there um, that you can meet too. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I clearly... I love talking about these things and um, could keep going if you keep asking me questions. And so, you know, I'm happy to connect with folks, you know, regardless of like, you know, Rev Boss or whatever. I just enjoy talking about this, this kind of stuff, all these problems and, and, you know, clever ways to go about it uh, simply because talking
1: about it helps me learn too. Awesome. Well, it's been an awesome discussion. Thanks very much. And uh, I think that's the pod. We'll talk to everybody in the next episode. Thanks, Jordy. Bye, y'all.